Hi, I'm Chrissy. I'm Joss. And you're listening to Breaking the Curtain, the podcast where we interview our theater idols and chat all about the history behind your favorite musicals. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the episode. episode. Hello, and welcome back to Breaking the Curtain. We have a very special guest with us today. You may know her from her work in Jagged Little Pill and Fun Home on Broadway. Yes, we are joined today by Lauren Patton. I am so excited. When we got this in our inbox... I had to go turn on the Jagged soundtrack to begin with because I'm a huge fan of Lauren. (laughs) I saw Lauren in Boston during that run of Jagged Little Pill and I swear to God, my mom will still bring up. She'll be like, what is the person who played Joe doing currently? And I'm like, we have the answers for you today. If you're wondering, what is Lauren Patton up to? Lauren is here to talk with us about her upcoming EP release called Covers and to chat all about the process of making an EP. We're also talking with her about her upcoming return to the New York stage in The Lonely View, which is premiering off-Broadway this spring. That is in my top three of shows I'm most looking forward to this spring in New York City. Honestly, me too. And you'll hear why <laughs> in just a few seconds. I don't want to spoil no, anything. So why don't we just go ahead and welcome Lauren to Breaking the Curtain. We always love to start by having our guests introduce themselves to everyone listening and by telling us just a little bit about yourself. Okay, exciting to be here. Uh, my name is Lauren Patton and I live in New York City. I'm an actor and a singer and I have been in a couple of Broadway shows. I made my Broadway debut in Fun Home and then I originated uh, the role of Joe in Jagged Little Pill and And yeah, I've been working uh, in theater in New York for many years and also moving into the television space and doing concerts. So um, yeah, I guess that's a little bit about me. Lots of exciting stuff going on for you, especially this week, because on Friday, March 8th, you're releasing your EP covers and the first three singles are already out. They sound amazing, by the way. We were just listening to them. Can you share with us the process of putting together this EP? Yeah, I started playing live concerts with my band in 2019. And really, we are all Broadway musicians and wanted to have an outlet to play and sing music that we just really loved, usually kind of drawing from rock musicians and rock bands but also like all over the place with different um genres of music just people that we loved and wanted a space to be creative and uh, play music that wasn't um solely in the broadway musical scene whether that was jukebox musicals or original music written for broadway we just wanted another outlet and then we started playing live concerts and so we've had a handful of years where we have really amazing fans who've come to our concerts and listened to our covers and it's just been like kind of a fun party of a night whenever we play a concert and I just got the idea that I would really like to have a recording of what I thought was our, you know, our, the best stuff that we have to offer, the best covers that we've arranged and have something that uh, people could listen to in between concerts because, you know, we, we are only playing every so often. And so um, for really that was the main reason was to give our fans uh, something to listen to and have at home, but also uh, I was really interested in kind of seeing what the recording space was like. It's just so different from playing live. And I was interested in exploring that for the first time. 
Mm-hmm. And go. it sounds amazing. You all sound so tight as a band. It's just really gorgeous musically to hear all of the layers together. And I've always wondered this when it comes to putting together an album, especially when it is covers, you know, how do you choose which songs to feature? Well, I think that we had the benefit of time of playing and working on songs for a handful of years before we started, decided to record things. So um, we've tried a lot of different things. And really, to me, it has to be a song, it, particularly as I relate to it as a vocalist, like I just have to um, feel it emotionally, for sure. And because we've tried to play songs that are great songs and that we like to listen to. But if I just don't have an in um emotionally uh it just doesn't quite work in the same way Mm -hmm. and um I think also the things that we've had um an idea to arrange musically in a way that's new and fresh for us is what I was looking for as far as what to put on an EP um arrangements that aren't just straight covers of the original but things that we were able to take and reimagine and be artistic with ourselves. And so I think all five songs that are on the EP um, have really their own spin on it and are pretty different from the original. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was looking for as far as choosing the songs that we were going to record. Do you have a favorite of the five you've put together? Oh, that's hard. I mean, sometimes (laughs) it changes for me, like, because I think, I don't know, I feel like, probably people relate to this. I think if you listen or watch something too much, you start to get sick of it. So it's like, I'll have a favorite and then I'll be like, oh my God, I don't want to listen to that anymore. <laughs> but um, I think I am really proud of our cover of God is a Woman, the Ariana mm-hmm. Grande song. That's our second single. Um, and we got that written up by Rolling Stone in 2020, which was really awesome and super exciting for us. And I feel like we got to take a song that is super um, contemporary and poppy and um, but I wouldn't really call myself like a pop artist. And so we both turned it into this kind of um, slow jam, groovy mm-hmm. uh, version of the song for most of it. And then we have this really explosive rock ending to it. And I think that that's probably one of the most um, creative and different arrangements we were able to come up with. I love it's it. It's truly epic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so great when you can take a cover, but still it sounds like a completely different song. I think that's just such a tribute to you guys as musicians and the ability to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's kind of the goal. You want it to almost feel as if it's your original song. Like if people mm-hmm. didn't know that it was a cover, that they would think that maybe you wrote it. It's kind of my mind. And on March 11th, you are celebrating the release with a solo show at the Mercury Lounge. Can you give us a little sneak peek into what people can expect when they attend the show? Yes, I'm very stoked about it. We've never played Mercury Lounge before, which is a really iconic rock venue on the Lower East Side. So I'm extremely excited to play there. And yeah, it's going to be just a true, you know, rock show. It's standing room only venue. It's going to, we're going to try to pack the house. And I think it's going to be really fun. We're going to sing all the songs from the EP. We'll also sing some of our other favorite covers that we've played in different concerts. We have a couple, we have a couple of new arrangements of songs that either I haven't sung in a long time or ones that are pretty new to the band, but we've continued to work and hone the arrangements. I'm excited about that. And I think it's going to be a really fun celebration. We also have a really cool opener, uh, this band called Mishti, uh, which is a great um, female-led rock band. And 
the lead guitarist in that band, her name's Alex Nolan, and she was actually um, another guitarist in the original company of Jagged Little Pill. So it's very fun oh, to nice. have her. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, she was also an original guitarist for the MJ musical. Like she's a really excellent guitarist and that's how, how I knew the band. So very excited to have them open for us too. Sounds like it's gonna be a great night. Where can people get tickets? So the tickets can be found on my Instagram, which is at Pat and Lauren. There's a link in my bio for the tickets. Or if you go to Mercury Lounge's website, they'll have a ticket link there. You can also do a good old fashioned Google if you Google. <laughs> come up. But, um, but definitely all of my updates on it are always on my Instagram. That's probably the easiest way to get tickets. Nice. Perfect. And you're also making your return to the stage this spring off-Broadway in April in The Lonely Few. Can you tell us a bit about the process of working on a new musical and about the show itself? Yeah, I'm very excited to bring a show to New York again. Um, started working on this one in early 2022 with a workshop, and that was sort of the first uh, moment that actors got to be part of the development process of the piece. and. Yeah, it's um, a really unique musical in that it is about musicians. And so all of us are playing our own instruments on stage. There is also a pit band, but the music is really like sometimes the pit band is playing music. Sometimes we are the ones playing the music on stage and nobody in the pit band is playing. Like we are playing complete songs by ourselves. Sometimes we both play. It's all over the place and really lush um, music and very cool. Like. I love that it feels like music that you would hear an actual band playing. Like it's not sort of the musical theater version of rock, but they are actually songs that could stand alone on, on the, their own merit in that way. Like you would hear a band in New York playing mm -hmm. them. Um, but it's also, it's, it's beautiful. It's a love story. It's about um, this band in a rural area in Kentucky and sort of like they are living through the, uh, their music and the ability to play in their small dive bar in their hometown. But then the singer songwriter comes through town and invites them to be uh, the opening act on her tour. And uh, so it's really about these two women and their relationship to music and how they fall in love through it. And it's, I really love the story a lot. So I'm excited to do it here in New York. Oh, that's wonderful. I love anything where actors get to play their instruments yes. on stage. I think that's just such an iconic element to add, like mm -hmm. elevating it to that quadruple threat status is just fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. And it's being done a lot more now, which I think is very mm -hmm. fun. And also, um, I, I just think it's sort of representative of how musicals are opening up and um, inviting like different kinds of artists, different types of voices onto the stage. I think it's very exciting um, to see the sort of range of musicianship that can be present in a Broadway musical. And um, yeah, I think that, I mean, it's definitely a challenge too, as an actor, it's like <laughs> really, um, it kicks it up into high gear for you when you also have to be playing the score, but it's fun. It's a good challenge. Awesome. <laughs> and you're playing Lila in the show. What can you tell us about her journey? So Lila is like the front woman of that band in this small town in Kentucky. And she's somebody who, um, is sort of struggling with feeling stuck in her life. And I think hadn't envisioned that she would live in the place where she grew up, but is sort of, that's what's happening in her life. I think through family obligations and, you know, money and different circumstances. And 
I think she kind of is like this um, suppressed ball of energy and her only outlet for it towards the beginning of the show is through her music. And then when she meets Amy, who is the other um, lead of the show and this woman who comes into town and is having this successful, what she sees as this successful working music career. Um, it's so powerful because it's both the draw to her as a person as they fall in love, but also this sort of beacon of light as a potential uh, way out. And um, yeah, I think that the story really explores um, in a beautiful way with that kind of narrative that we've definitely seen in a lot of things of like the wanting a bigger life, wanting to get out of the small town that you came from. But this story mm -hmm. also maintains a real respect for um, those places, like those small towns, because our playwright Rachel Bonds grew up in a small town in Tennessee, very similar to it. So she wanted to write something about the people that she grew up with. And, you know, I think sometimes those narratives can really lean on like the trope of like oh yeah because these small towns are just like so soul killing and like the only way to have a good life is to get out and the play doesn't subscribe to that in a way that I think is really great and it, I don't want to you know spoil things but I think that it does a good job of telling a story about a person who is wondering about a life that could be in a bigger place or out of the town that she grew up in um without making it feel like it's not possible to have a good life in that town, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. It's one of the parts of the story that I love the most is, is um, the real love and care for communities like this town in Kentucky that this is centered in. I love that. As like a small town girly myself, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you grow up in a small town, yeah, you want more, you want a bigger life, but you can have a pretty big life staying where you are. And I love that that's the approach that this work takes to it. Yeah, it's just like not... It, it's just a having a respect for that like different lives are different and not, and one isn't better than the other <laughs> you know it's a very uh, refreshing like, take yeah exactly that's what I think and that like the only it's not the only it, the other kind of aspect of it with Lonely Few is that it's not like the only place to find excellent musicians is in New York mm -hmm. or LA or Nashville or like the only place to grow and be an artist is in one of those big cities. I think that's also part of it too, is that, yeah, people can be incredible musicians and play at their local dive bar in their, in their hometown. And that's mm -hmm. when they share their music. And um, yeah, so I, I think that's one of the really special aspects of the play. Mm -hmm. When it comes to these two projects, both the Lonely Few and the album coming out, what are you most excited about when it comes to sharing them with an audience? Well, I think there's something about um, there is something about playing concerts, right? And I think it's a, it's applicable to Lonely Few because a lot of the music is diegetic, like the band's music, and it does move the story forward and tell you something about these characters and about the action. But it is um, a lot of the music is you know the band's music or Amy's songs, and that's how the songs function. So I feel like it's applicable. Like to me, concerts are kind of the most vulnerable form of art that I have that I engage with. Like you know, when you're in a musical or if you're doing a TV show or whatever, you're in a story and you're in a character. And I just think that there, even if you are doing something that is really intense, very vulnerable, very private any of those 
things, there is still something about you are essentially a character still. Mm-hmm. And so you have a bit of a layer of like protection. And I think that with concerts, it's some of the scariest things that I've done, I feel, because it really, it feels like it's just you and it's you and the audience and it's really intimate. It's really personal, you know, thinking about the places where I've played concerts, you know, I have, I've done concerts before in, in bigger halls and stuff, but really the places where I play with my band, it's like Mercury Lounge is a 250, you know, standing room only venue. Like you're really intimate with your audience mm-hmm. and I think you can't hide in that. And uh, so I think that it is both the most intense and like scary thing that I've done as an artist and also in some ways the most exhilarating and the most rewarding because um, because of how, I don't know, close you are to the audience in those circumstances. Yeah, I love that insight. That's, yeah, very cool to look at it. That's yeah. brilliant. I love when those big shows can be done in a small venue. It really does just elevate the entire experience. I know from an audience perspective, so it must, of course, feel the same way on your end. It does, yeah. And before we wrap up, we do have to chat about your incredible work on Hulu's Death and Other Details. The cast is incredible and the premise is gripping. What was it like working on this series? Oh my God, it was so fun. I mean, this is my first time really creating um, a character for a TV series. You know, I've been recurring roles in different TV shows, which has been awesome, but this is sort of my first undertaking of doing a whole season of television. And it's a murder mystery, which is just like so much fun to do. I think uh, it's such a fun genre and um, it creates this opportunity to have this really uh, big cast of characters and all each each character in the show is really like, uh unique in their own person and they kind of have big personalities which I think is very fun to play and also it was just such a cool cast it was it was uh mm-hmm. such a huge array of people there were other theater people like Mandy Patinkin of course who is like one of the leads and is incredible but um also Linda Eamond and Jane mm-hmm. Atkins were awesome uh theater actors too and then there were you know incredible tv film actors from LA that you know one of our one of our actors is from France. And like, you know, it was just a very cool um, mix of people and coming from all over the world and different um, career experiences. And so we just had a blast filming it. That's fantastic. And you created something super exciting too. I'm just oh, getting yes. started on it. I'm new to the party, but I'm very excited to continue the journey. <laughs> yeah, I think it sucks you in, you know? I think you you want to know, you want to figure out who the big bad is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I love a good murder mystery. I'm always like, can I solve it first? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited. The The two-part finale is dropping on Tuesday, March 5th. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm very excited. I've been getting texts from my friends and stuff with updated theories and the, as, as the twists and turns go with each new episode. So uh, I'm very excited for people to find out it all ends yes fantastic (laughs) so that's a busy week so the fifth you have your series finale and then on the eighth we have your album release the 11th the concert that is fantastic I know you mentioned earlier your Instagram has links to everything so is that where everybody is you know easiest way to get in touch with and follow your work yes that is the spot I also have a Facebook if you search Lauren Patton I've got a Facebook page for people who prefer that, but Instagram is what I keep the most up to date with. So yeah, Instagram is at Pat and Lauren. 
Perfect. We'll make sure that you're tagged in our Instagram post so people can easily go from one thing to the other to find out all the exciting adventures you're on this spring. Great. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lauren. We really appreciate you joining us and we can't wait to hear the rest of covers. Thanks, guys.